Well, good morning. Nice to see you guys. Uh, it's been a while. I think this is the longest we have not been in church in, I don't know, <laughs> a long time. Um, the, first, the first week was a, was a funeral we attended in Tennessee. The other weeks were fun, <laughs> except the Lord uh, took Vine and I through an interesting uh, situation, which maybe I'll share in a little bit here. We'll see how it works out. So I wanted to do... I. I started in chapter 4 and was working my way through um, from verse 7, and I wanted to kind of go back and look at that again. I talked with Mike, and Mike kind of picked up, and he kind of covered what we're going to do today, but I thought it wouldn't hurt to amplify that some more. So with that in mind, let's kind of go back here, and and we'll do a little reviewing, and hopefully this will be edifying. Um, So so I've labeled this um, message, Death in Us and Life in Others. And actually, that, that title actually comes out of the hungry heart in several of the, in fact, I think there are 16 times, 16, um, what do they call it, devotionals that are in the hungry heart that, that cover uh, verses 10 through 12. So if you're interested, you can look them up. One, actually, 9-2 is a particularly good one. Uh, maybe after this, look that one up. It's kind of cool. But it's, it says, death in us, life in others. So what's that all about? So hopefully we can... See what that's about today. Okay, so I'm just kind of, this is the outline which I had <clears throat> developed. This from my brother Hal Malloy. And today we're going to focus, you know, we got, it goes through the, the wonderful, we start in chapter uh, 4 and verse 1, we kind of go down towards 7 there, and we see the, the glorious gospel and the, the people being blinded to that gospel. And then we see the person of Christ. And then we see the last time I taught back in um, February, it was on the trials and sufferings. We're going to review that a little bit. And then we get down to this last uh, section on 10 through 12, that the life of Jesus may be manifest or shown forth, that's what manifest means, in our bodies. So what's that, what's that all about? How does that happen? So let me just reread what was read before here. Uh, let me just move this over a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to knock it over if I'm not careful. I, get, you know, I like to flail my arms, right? <laughs> not too much, hopefully. Okay, here we go. And actually, one thing to observe, which I pointed out, you know, if you were here a month ago, uh, that this is one sentence, 7 through 10 is one sentence in, uh, in the original, and it has one main verb, we have or we are having, and what's in blue there are the things that Paul is pointing out that every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has. He may not realize that he has these things. He may not, he may not want these things. He definitely doesn't want the trials probably, but he has them. And he also has this wonderful verse 10 about caring about in our body the dying of the Jesus. That's a pretty amazing statement. But let me just reread it and we'll go on from there. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of his power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way or from every side, but not crushed, perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. So we're going to review that, and then we're going to go on to the last two verses, 11 and 12. Uh, Our brother Hal calls these our glorious possessions. So I I like this, I developed this little picture. It's not rocket science, but I just took the verses and put them in little bubbles, you know. You can do that with PowerPoint, make it look like you know what you're talking about. So, okay, here we go. 
The first we have, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And this is a wonderful statement about the fact that we have the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ within us. That's what scripture says. And many, many times we're going to look at that maybe more uh, intently today. But we also have, another thing we have, in addition to having that, these are all what's called positional truths. They're true of us by God's doing, and he asks us to believe it by faith. We, we may like what he declares about us. In fact, we may think some are great, but the one in the middle here, we have from every side trials and sufferings. And he mentions four, of afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. Then he mentions four others that he says, Brothers, don't go that far. Don't go to the next step. Trust in me. Rest in me. And don't go to the next step. Then he also says, the third thing he says in this verse, and this is why I wanted to repeat this, to do this again. We have in the body the dying of Jesus. So what in the world is that all about? Mike, you know, Mike did a good job, and I think it's just so much more to be plumbed here, so to speak. So those are, those are the three bubbles there. So let's go through it here. Okay, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So just some wonderful aspects of that. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's present tense, continuous action, so you could translate it. We are having continuously 24-7. And we're having this treasure in earthen vessels. And like it's a main verb of that long sentence in 7 through 12. It's in believers. It's in, in clay pots or clay jars, it's called sometimes. And this verb, if you look back in the context from verse 6, it's the very glory of God. We have the very glory of God in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have that great treasure within us. And God wants that great treasure to go forth from us, to be seen. So several things you could say. It radiates in our hearts. We know it. We know that is from God. It's to illuminate other men's hearts. We have the most prized and valuable content and kind of a corollary verse here is in, in um, my mind's going here. I like Courtney to say, where's my coffee? Anyway, uh, Colossians. <laughs> in Colossians here we have this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ is in every believer, whether he realizes it or not. Okay, so now, so now we get the bad news. Actually, it's not to be, it's not to be bad news. I mean, it's hard to... Uh, hard to handle this, but this is, this is news that God wants us to know. The second possession we have, we have from every side trial, trials, plural, and suffering. God has appointed us to trials and suffering. And kind of the key verse in that thing, if you're looking for a verse to hang your hat on, you go to Thessalonians. I should have a first Thessalonians there, I think. I miss, actually, I corrected that, and I didn't, and I, this, this time around, I forgot to recorrect it. <laughs> I think it's First Thessalonians. 3.2 says, we sent Timothy. If not, um, I'll let you know or ch- check me out here. <laughs> um, we sent Timothy. This is Paul speaking. We sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith so that no one would disturb, no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. They were undergoing afflictions as God-ordained afflictions. For you yourself know that we have been destined or appointed for this. So Paul is sharing that this is, this is part of the Christian's life. So the tense of this we have verb, or we, are, we have been destined to or appointed to, is, is passive voice. So God is the, he is the one that's performing the action, uh, and we're, the, and we're re- the recipients of that action. 
the, the, we're undergoing the trial that God has destined for us. It's indicative mood, which is the mood of reality. And it's present tense. And present, whenever you have present tense in the Greek, it's continuous action. And I like what our brother Hal has. It's continuous in your life. Don't expect it to end. <laughs> I think that's kind of a sobering thought. But, um, don't expect it to end. So that's, that's part of this. That's possession number two. And so I just to, just to be, for completeness here, I'll put the, so here are the four. You notice here that we have these being afflicted but not crushed, being perplexed but not despairing, being persecuted but not forsaken, being struck down, uh, being struck down but not being destroyed. <clears throat> so I think what the Lord is showing us here is that he shows us that we're going to have afflictions, being perplexed, persecuted, struck down, but there's another step. The, the believers, and we have examples in Scripture, the Apostle Paul and even our Savior, they went the next step, and that's not where God wants us to be. He does not want us to go beyond, and, and we, can, we can be perplexed and be despairing, and he doesn't want us to go there, and he's provided the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to show us we're not to go take that next step, but it can happen. Um, so in each of these pairs, the first one is to be true and not the second. Then Hal shares here, <clears throat> God is purposeful. Every one of your appointments to trials is measured for fulfilling God's eternal purpose in Christ. Okay, so that's all we did that in the past. So now, today's verses. Notice I took verse 10, I coupled it, it's that one long sentence, and now I want to couple it with the last two verses. Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For, for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So the, so the death, the definite article's there, so the death works in us, but the life in you. Okay, so we're going to, so let's start out and look at the first part of verse 10 here. So this is, this is our third possession. We have, and it doesn't read real well, we have always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. We can, and we continuously, this is a positional truth. We continuously have this. And I think this is probably one of the overlooked uh, positional truths that we, we don't, we talk about, uh, we look, our brother uh, Dr. Chafer, Louis Perry Chafer, he has in his writings the riches of God's grace, 33, 33 things that are true of a believer at the moment he's saved. Um, I have forgotten. I don't know whether this one's included or not, but I don't, I don't remember it exactly, but it's a tremendous one. It's, it's a vital one. <clears throat> We're always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. So you say, boy, I don't, I don't remember that, right? It's just not something that comes to mind. So let's look at a little bit closer here. Always, at all times, <clears throat> it never stops. It's, no one the, it, it's never a time when it's not true. So... Part of the Christian life is that we're caring about the dying of our Savior in our body. Boy, you say, that, that sounds, man, I'm, I'm hurting my, head, my head's hurting here, right? I wasn't taught that in uh, wherever. Anyway, caring about, it means to bear about, uh, to carry about or to bear about. Body is just a typical body for uh, the body as a whole. It's a, it's a believer's body. The putting to death is necros, which is a, the Greek word for death. So a summary here by, by uh, my brother Hal Malloy. 
Whatever the trial or circumstances in our life, we are bearing or caring about in our bodies the dying or putting to death of the Lord Jesus. And actually, this is going to be, this is a good thing. You may think, I'm, boy, Roger's going to lay it on here. It's going to be, I'm going to walk out of here, my head down. It's going to be really bad. No, this is a good thing because it's going to, Paul's going to show us here well, this is a vital thing to living the Christian life, having the dying of the Lord Jesus being effectual in our body. It, it sounds kind of morbid, maybe, but it's, but it's wonderful. Okay, so the, here's some charts I have used from my brother Hal Malloy. So if you were here on September 19th, 2004, you would have heard parts of this message. Okay, actually, there are some people sitting here. Wayne, I heard Wayne on the tape. Wayne was here. Bob and Margaret were here. They weren't here, not here today. Uh, who else is here? That might be it. Uh, I, 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 yeah, oh, and actually, Mike was, well, he was there, but you had to be in the class, Mike. I had to hear you talk. <laughs> Sorry. You were in your class. This, this was a Sunday school class. Sorry, I didn't, I'm not giving you a hard time here, but you had to be in a Sunday school class on September 19th, 2004. Anyway, okay, here we go. So, first question comes up. Uh, what's the dying of the Lord Jesus? What, what's it speaking of? So there's some possibilities here. <clears throat> Is it speaking about Christ's death for our sins, plural? He died as our substitute. We just had this verse in, uh, in our class today. He is a propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. So is this speaking about his death as our substitute? Is that what's going on by bearing about the dying, of, uh, bearing about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus? Or is it about <clears throat> Christ died unto the sin nature? Romans 6.10, this is where, you know, if you think about this, we have, we have the root of the problem, and we have the fruit of the problem. This speaks of the root of the problem, the sin nature, Every believer has a sin nature. I'm going to talk, we're going to talk about that shortly. But so this is talking about that the Lord Jesus he died with respect to, um, and it's the idea that he he disconnected us or freed us from the influence of that sin nature. We can choose it by choice, but we no longer have to. So he died for the sins of the world and and for the for the sin nature. And there's a third one which is. Probably not, uh, not too likely. <laughs> or does this refer to our physical suffering in fellowship with our Savior? You know, we suffer because we are identified with Christ. And because we're Christians, as Christ suffered, we suffer with him. Is that fact? So I believe what's being spoken of here is the middle one. This, this is talking about the sin nature. We, it's dying with respect to the sin nature. All right, so now I, I boldly go where no man dares to go. I'm going to take one of Hal's charts and disassemble it and reassemble it. <laughs> so a, without our brother Hal being here, <laughs> anyway, hopefully this is instructive. If you say, Roger, you blew it in this one, then I'll, you know, I'll hang my head and leave, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, okay. So the believer's makeup. This is supposed to represent a, a believer, the body of a believer, and the core of, his, of a believer is his mind and heart. But within that mind and heart, there's a soul. And Schaefer says the soul connotes the immaterial part of man, which is related to life, actions, and emotion. So we can represent that by this little box showing the soul, and how has uh, <clears throat> mentality, senses, conscience, emotions, and will, which I think are all in line with what uh, Schaefer talked about. Okay, we also have something called a sin nature. And this is brought out earlier in 1 John. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So that speaks of, of, of a sin nature. So here's a little box. If you read Scripture carefully, you'll see it talks about the flesh. And it talks about the flesh actually contains a sin nature. So you can represent this, this man here, this believer. having a, He has a soul and a sin nature. And the next, he has a spirit. <clears throat> Schaefer has the spirit as a part which relates to worship, communion, and divine influence. So here's, his, here's man's spirit. And the wonderful thing for a believer is his spirit, as a result of his trusting Christ as his Savior, he has the very life of our Savior. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is showing us the things of Christ, so he pictures that as our spirit with our new nature in Christ. So we have three components within the body of a believer. And a couple of verses that relate to this. If Christ is in you, and, that, and it's true, he is, that can be sense Christ is in you, though your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Then Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So clearly, by a multitude of scriptures, Christ lives within the believer. So this is, this is the playing field, if you will, of the believer. So now we're going to take the next step. Next step is we add a few more little parts to this. <clears throat> uh, we see that the sin nature is influenced by the world system and by Satan, so that the, the, the advocates of the advocates, the detractor from the believer is the world, the flesh, and the devil. So those all are impacting they can't be impacting our new life in Christ, but they can be acting our sin nature. And the bottom little part is just talking by walking by sight or by faith. So now, a very important verse in this picture is this verse. Galatians 5.16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So the way that our brother Hal <clears throat> tried to show that was that he created a little connection here between the 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 inner part of the man, his will, his emo- the whole thing, and our new nature. And it says, when it says walk by the Spirit, so he has walking, you could put in there abiding, you could be trusting, anything that involves faith. So we're, we're to walk by the Spirit. We're to walk in our new nature, our new life in Christ. But that's not the whole story. Verse 17 brings in some, some issues there that, that cause uh, contention in the believer's life. Verse 17 says, For the flesh sets its desires against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things you please. So the way he chose to show that was, we have desires emanating from the flesh, the sin nature, impacting us. At the same time, we have desires from the Holy Spirit uh, about the life of Christ. So one, one key thing that I had missed on how I looked at this if you've been a member of Holly Hills, you've probably seen versions of this over the years. When I missed this time around, I said, boy, I didn't notice that before. I can be abiding in Christ, walking, just like it says, but walk in the Spirit. But guess what's happening? I'm getting these guys from my sin nature, boom, boom, boom. And isn't that, isn't that our life? I'm driving along, and, and, you know, Sam cuts in front of me, cuts me off. At that point... I can say, boy, that they shouldn't have done that. He's breaking, he broken all kinds of laws. I'm going to go after him and show him, I'm going to write this. Well, what's happened? What? We most likely have 
change we've connected over there to our, our sin nature. So while we're walking in Christ, we can, we can be affected by the desires of the flesh, in addition to the wonderful desires of the Spirit. Okay, we're going to kind of leave that picture there because we're going to use that picture. You're not going to see it again, but we're going to use that to understand the rest of the verse. So hopefully that was you know, instructive. We'll see. Okay, here we go. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. So what's, what's he trying to say here? I thought Hal did just an amazing job here. <clears throat> our body, our sin nature resides in our body. We just saw that. The Lord Jesus died unto our sin nature. Uh, unto our sin nature, right? We were identified uh, and baptized into his death. He died and we died. And the reason that that's important, the reason he, he had to die, I showed you the picture of the sin nature and I showed the, our new nature. Well, the unbeliever doesn't have a new nature, right? He only has his own, own uh, spirit. And there's a connection between the, his sin nature and his soul, there's, there's a permanent connection there. So Lord Jesus died to disconnect us from, from that connection, to, to set us free from that. It's still there, but we're not connected to it anymore. And we, can, we, only, have, and we, only, we have to trust or walk by faith in the Christian life. So positionally, it says in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Positionally, our sins are on the cross. And that's kind of key. If our sins are on the cross then this begins to help us a little bit here. Since we, are, since we are bearing or caring about our sin nature, we still got it, if you believe what I said is true, we saw that sin nature, they're impacting us in our bodies. We also must be bearing and caring about his dying unto our sin nature. The Lord, and, and that's why it's important that it has to be the dying unto sin. He wants to keep that sin nature where it should be, on the cross, Remember positional, conditional situations? What we see positionally in the Christian life, we want to make our condition match our position. So to, for that to be true, that's why this verse is true. Always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. We're bearing about his payment, or, or his, um, not his payment, but his um, dying unto the sin nature, to free us from that sin nature. So this is another wonderful positional truth that is to be believed. But it, this is only the positional part of this statement, and it goes on. So here we have a, a representation of that, another picture from Brother Hal. He shows the sin nature with a cross on top of it. We're, we're, that positionally, our, our sin nature is on the cross. And so he shows that we're carrying that about in our bodies. Hopefully we're going to see why that's important here. Okay, well, actually, this verse tells us why it's important. It says, the, the B part, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest. So Christ's life is to be manifested as, as a sin nature, is, uh, as he's bearing that about, the sin nature is held in its place, not being active in our life, and we can manifest the life of Christ. So how is this to happen? So verses 11 and 12 will tell us how that's to happen. So 11 starts off, <clears throat> for we believers who live, the living ones. So it starts out with talking about um, a believer and how he acts. How, and this is just what we kind of discussed a little bit already. <clears throat> those walking in newness of life, those walking according to the Spirit, those abiding in Christ. Kind of three kind of complementary ideas. It's a believer this is the life that he's living. He's living the Christian life. He's walking by faith in his Savior. 
and he's not walking according to the flesh, he's walking according to the spirit. Okay, what, what's, gonna, what's gonna happen there? The rest of the verse says, it says, for we who live as Christians, walking about trusting in Christ, are always being delivered unto death. So our being delivered is present tense and passive. So we're, what's interesting here, this is, some, this is not something we're to do, this is something we are to believe. So he says we're always being delivered over. So the Holy Spirit here desires to, to deliver us from uh, our sin nature. And it's to, to give over. Uh, it's used in the sense of uh, delivering a person to be kept by another. The sin nature is always to be kept in its rightful place, given over to the cross. So if you think about, um, many times we'll say here at Holly Hills, you know, death is separation. It, it makes a little more sense if you kind of think of that. God's desire from these verses is that, that Christ's death be effective in our, in our Christian walk. So his death to our sin nature, unto our sin nature, disconnected us from that sin nature. And that's, what, that's what's in view here. It's a, it's a different way of saying it and maybe, maybe confusing, but I think that's what's being said. Okay, let's continue. Here's some discussion points. The response of our, our sin nature to trials <clears throat> always results in a temptation or solicitation to sin. You know, that, that's what, and that's what that, hence that previous uh, discussion there about being perplexed but not taking the next step, being cast down but not destroyed. The Lord realizes that our sinful nature can take the next step. It can, it can take worry that can, that can be turned into something much worse, into anxiety, into depression, and so on. And he doesn't want us to go there. So that's what the sin nature does. It does what it always does. The desire of the sin nature is to tempt us to abide in self, while the desire of the Holy Spirit is us to abide in Christ. The Holy Spirit constantly reminds us that we are dead to sin, Imagine the, the Lord Jesus, you can imagine that as a picture there, if you like different kinds of pictures, that cross is over our sin nature. That's a picture that I think the Lord wants us to understand. This is a lifetime process, present tense, continuous action, passive voice, the Holy Spirit is acting as we trust Him, as we trust in the Lord, walk by faith, the Holy Spirit is keeping the sin nature with a cross over it, if you will. And that's a reality in a believer's life. And, and here's a kind of a, a corollary point. If you look in James, James talks about trials and temptations. He said, however, God takes the temptations and uses as a test or proof of our faith to demonstrate his faithfulness and glory. So here's an interesting observation. It's easy to see, it's easy to see the external cross, right? We, we, we see that. We have picture, you know, all over the world. We were went some, in our travels and on our cruise, we, went, we saw these churches, and they have... Unfortunately, they have a, a, de- a, dead, a dead Christ on the cross there, not a, not a risen Savior on many of the churches. So we see the external cross, and we probably understand that. That probably is, a, is well understood even by unbelievers. The external cross shows us that Christ died for sins. But what they don't show us, what we don't, is not as well understood is there's the internal cross with a cross over our sin nature, holding it, keeping it where it should be, disconnected from our, act, from our life. It's not so obvious, as Hal says, but still a fact that we are constantly being delivered over to death. Our faith response, reckoning ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. So that's where the Lord wants us to be. 
So, and so the result, of, the result of that, if you notice verses 10 and 11, both have the same result. They both say roughly just what, what the B part here of 11 says, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So, so uh, Christ's life will be seen only when our sin nature is where it should be, disconnected from our life. It's still there, it's still possible, and it does happen. You know, I think every believer can testify to that, but it's to be in that place of death. Separation. Death equals separation. So speaking about this being manifested, here is God's eternal purpose being fulfilled in our trials and suffering, His glory being revealed. In our trials and sufferings, Christ's glory is only manifest as the life of the flesh, which contains the sin nature, is in the place of death, inoperative. Only then is the life of the Lord Jesus revealed. I think we don't quite grasp that. We don't quite see that. I think that's important. The Lord has given us these verses for us to see that truth, to see that, boy, you know, when I respond to that sin nature, and we do, we all do that at some point, then Christ can't be seen in our lives, and the Lord wants Christ to be seen in our lives. Now, don't go home and start doing a checklist. No checklists allowed. <laughs> Walk with the Lord, trust in Him, rest in Him, and, and that's where He wants us to be. And when that happens, that picture's in, in the cross is over your sin nature. I, I really like that picture because it, it kind of gives me great comfort to see that my Savior loves me so much that He says, we're bearing about His cross work over our sin nature. I mean, that's, that's huge to me. That's really powerful. The Christian life is nothing short of the life of the Lord Jesus being reproduced in us. And this is a kind of a corollary verse. When Christ, who is our life, he is our life, is revealed and it goes on. Okay, so I got a couple of summaries for you summary fans and last thought fans. <laughs> okay, okay, this, this is cool. So now, now we ha- also we have a summary verse. Verse 12, which is actually a title to my message, so death works in us, but life in you. So let's just think about that. The, 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 um, the ramp up to that verse is what we just covered. So here's a few com- summary points. We have this treasure of the glory of Christ in us. We saw that. <clears throat> we also have the sin nature with all of its desires in us. External trials ordained by God. Remember, these are ordained by God. Stimulate the sin nature, fear, worry, anger, etc. When by faith, and that can be, we see it walking by faith, abiding in Him, whatever scriptures we read that talk about that. When by faith we appropriate Christ's death and our death to these desires of the sin nature, then the surpassing greatness of His power and glory of Christ is manifest through us. So that's the ramp up to the, this verse. So then, it's a summary statement. So then, here are the results, is what, he's, what Paul's saying. The death working in us, so what does he mean? Actually, after doing that, it should be pretty, be pretty easy, right? The death, Christ's death, and our identification with that, works, puts forth power, works effectually. Others do not see this work. Others do not see the cross over our sin nature. It's for our benefit. That's the middle voice. Only the Lord sees that. What they do see, when that, when that happens, they do see the result of that. They see Christ's life going out from us. They see his life being, coming out from us. So the second part of the verse, the life working in you. The life is Christ's life again. 
is manifested and then works in others. So that life goes out from us. It impacts others. Others may come to faith as a result of that possibly. Others may be convicted or whatever it might be. But his life is seen by others and works in others. God is glorified. So as you die to the sin nature, Christ's life is shown to and in others. And here's our title. Death in us, life in you. Okay, final, first the two final thoughts. <laughs> okay, summary of uh, 10 through 12. Actually, this is a repetition. Hopefully you know, it's helpful. This is a moment-by-moment appropriation of the cross uh, on our life. Uh, <clears throat> the self must die. The self must die or be separated. Remember, death's a separate. The self must die or be separated so that Christ can live through us. The new man abiding above the old man abiding in the place of death on the cross. For others to see Christ through us, there must be death to the old man in us. Death in us, life in others. Okay, one last. So actually what I liked, Hal had this as a corollary passage, and I had not thought about this before. This is pretty cool. Philippians 3, 10 through 12. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death in order that, or with the purpose that, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained it or I have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. So hopefully that was kind of heavy stuff. I would say this is Holly Hills 101. <laughs> what you, we, I just did. Hopefully, we've done it accurately through all these years, and uh, my prayer is that it would be helpful to you. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your life and the life that has been given on our behalf, Lord. Thank you for your life, and we just thank you for the, your wonderful word, and we pray that you, the Holy Spirit would uh, apply it to us, Lord. We ask it in your name. Amen.